We've been talking about this series called Identity in Christ, Who We Are. And uh, we just sang that song that says, this is your story, right? This is who you are. This is what you're about. This is, you know, think about that. That's your story. Think about all the things in life that become your story. Like when you get married, right? Like that becomes part of your story. You can't be like, hey, uh, I'll just ignore that part of my life. Uh, you know, I'll put that on hold. Or if you have a, a child, that, that becomes part of your life, right? And you can't put that on hold. You can't be, be like, hey, I don't really know you. You know, I know you show up and eat here and like, you know, have a place to sleep. But, you know, we're really not related that much, you know. Like all that changes who you are. And one of the things we've been talking about, once you come to faith in Jesus, Scripture says you are in Christ. Your identity is now changed, and your story is not about you, it's about Christ in you. Have you ever thought about all the life events that change your story? Nothing should be more important than our faith in God, our belief in Christ, and what He does in our lives. That was the attempt from this series, is to talk about what happens when we become people who follow Jesus, when we give our lives to Christ, when our source becomes Jesus, and then really Scripture says nothing happens in your life apart from Jesus, right? And whatever happens in your life, whether it's you know, relationships or friendships or where you live or your job or getting married or having children, all those things impact your story and they're never the same again. And so what do our lives look like when, when it becomes one with Christ? And one can't exist without the other. One doesn't happen without the other. So who are we? In Jesus Christ. Each week we've been looking at some scriptures that tell us who we are and what our life is about. Okay? And it starts from Ephesians today. Who are we in Jesus Christ? Ephesians 1 says this. Furthermore, because we're united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For He chose us in advance and He makes everything work out according to His plan. So two key things we learn in this verse. One is this, that we have received an inheritance from God. We are beneficiaries of God's inheritance. God wrote you in His will. God says, what I get, you get. That's pretty interesting. Because when you think about beneficiaries of God's inheritance, we receive whatever Christ receives. Christ receives what? Access to the Father. Living in the presence of the Father, filled with the Holy Spirit, unity. When Jesus thinks about His Father, He thinks home. Love, joy, Peace, rest, faith, hope, eternity. See, all these things 
with who we are in Christ all of a sudden change with our identity in Christ and everything that was given to Jesus is now given to you. Because of that, then who we are begins to fundamentally change. In fact, Scripture says this idea that how Jesus lived here fundamentally begins to change how we live here. In fact, Paul said, you know, some pretty outrageous things like, um, I don't know whether to stay here any longer. <laughs> like, this world is not my home since I've come to know Jesus. I used to think it was all about this world. And he says, I count all this stuff in this world like garbage compared to what I know now in Christ. Everything changes. So know this, God is at work in you now. God will continue to work in you. And everything that God has promised, you will receive. You know, so life is different now. All right, the second thing we learn out of this passage of Scripture says that everything will work out according to God's plan. According to God's good plan and according to your good. Whether you believe that or not. What's amazing is God, once we respond to Jesus, even in our faithlessness, even in our unsure times, even in our doubts, God works and shows up and does things through us according to His good plan. Well, that's pretty exciting that God will work in and through us in our lives. See, Christ works in and through us to accomplish the plan of the Father. All we have to do is submit and yield to God. We have to be confident and assured. You know, Romans 8.28 says, God causes all things to work together for good for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. If you will love God and give your life to Christ and respond to that calling that God wants to use you, then guess what? It's going to work out for your good. Life isn't good, but what happens will be used for good. And so here in Ephesians, he references this idea that everything will work out according to God's plan. That we will experience new life with Christ. That really takes me to the second passage that I want to see here is Ephesians 2.6. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Jesus Christ. We are beneficiaries to God's inheritance. Everything can work out for God's good and our good. And we are seated in heavenly realms. I know that seems pretty unbelievable right you go yeah I know one day I'll go to be with Jesus or Jesus will come back and those kinds of things but it's more than that it's much more than that when this is written by Paul he said you are resurrected with Jesus that you experience new life with him that you have true life with Jesus that you somehow came alive again from the inside out. And so every day you come home to the God who made you. 
Every day you live life with Jesus. Every day you can live life that you were meant to have. And it has nothing to do based on your circumstances. If you've been reading through our uh, devotional plan that we've been doing through Lent, we've been talking about and listening and reading every day about Jesus on the cross. You know, so many people say, well, God, I want God to fix, fix my circumstances. Imagine saying that to Jesus on the cross. As he's there and he says, this appears that nothing is being worked out. But I know who my father is. And I will call out to him even in isolation and loneliness. Even in separation and pain. I cry out to God who is my father. And I am with him. Every day despite our circumstances we live a kind of life. Because scripture says who you are in Jesus matters more than what you're going through. Who you are in Jesus matters more than what you think you'll get out of this life or whether or not you think you're a success in this life or others do. Who you are in Jesus matters every day of your life because you're not just living and breathing. You're seated with Jesus. You're associated with him every day of your life. That's who we are. Now, we don't always live like that. But the challenge of this series is to say, this is what the truth scripture proclaims. Now, how do we live? What do we do about that? Okay? And today I want to take you to a passage in Galatians that talks about how do we live identified with Jesus Christ? What are some things that we can do on a daily basis? How do we live our lives if our faith in Jesus becomes a motivating factor for our life, then everything we do has an impact. So here's where we start. One, we have faith in Jesus. Every day you can live and have faith in Jesus. Every day, faith ought to motivate you. Faith ought to be the thing that drives you. Faith is your constant companion. Faith oozes out of you. Right? The more you have Jesus, the more you're committed to Him, the more time you spend with Him. What this is, this is simply an expression of who you are. Uh, Pastor Jake uh, put a thing online and it said, what is the greatest piece of advice you ever got? And people ignored it for three days and then I finally commented. And I said this, you become like those you spend time with. Someone told me that piece of advice early on in my life. Dave, you'll become like those you spend time with. And the implication is what? Choose wisely. Choose wisely. Guess what? God is so concerned about who you are that when Christ came and you choose to accept him, he says, it's not you in Jesus, it's you in Jesus. It's not you having Jesus added to your life. Your life and Jesus' life are one and the same. And so when you live, guess what you'll express? The same kind of faith Jesus did. If you'll let it. Get out of the way. Let the faith of God live through you. Because it's in you. Right? 
This is the power of living by faith every day. The power of having who Christ is identified in our lives. And each and every day we can do something by faith. We're a part of God's family through faith in Jesus Christ. We live by faith. We see by faith. We walk by faith, Scripture says. You can do anything in life by faith. You can trust God for tomorrow by faith. You can live today by faith. You can assume you'll get something out of this sermon by faith. Right? Anything in life you can do by faith. Can you thank God for your food by faith? Saying what? I didn't provide this. God provided it. You can rest in faith knowing that you'll wake up. I always talk to some of you before the service, and inevitably, someone every Sunday, I say, how you doing? He said, good, I'm here. My feet hit the floor. I'm alive. Yeah, by faith. By faith in God, you are. Anything can be done in faith. You can work by faith. You can love your family by faith. Anything can be done in faith. You see, faith isn't something we have, it's something we do. Maybe you've heard your whole life in church, faith is something to possess. You own it. Mm -mm. You do it. It's already in you. Once you name the name of Christ. Okay? So you breathe by faith. You feed by faith. You rest in faith. You live by faith. Live as God's people by faith every single day. Whether it's work or family. Whether it's being led by God. Whether you share uh, with others. Whether your faith in Jesus. That's what gets lived out. It's your most defining characteristic. Here's the question that I wrote down with this one. What do others know or remember about you? What do others know or remember about you? I pray every day that when my life is done on this earth, the one thing they'll remember about me is he wanted Jesus more than anything. I mean, early on in your life, you want to be a success. Early on in life, you want to have a great family. Early on in life, you want to be a good dad. Early on in life, you want lots of things. But what do you want others to see? What do you want written about your life? That's the thing. We need more than anything. All right, here's the second thing that we learn out of this passage here. Um, continuing on in Galatians chapter 3, it says uh, that we put on Jesus. Listen to this. And all who have been united with Christ, united with Christ, that's one, right? United with Christ, one with Christ. In baptism, we have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. So if we, get, if we respond to Jesus, we get baptized, then what? It says we put on Jesus like putting on a new clothes every day, a new outfit every day. Each day we put on Jesus and allow Jesus to live through us. Do we allow people to see Jesus on us? You know, some people dress for a statement. Yeah, dress for a statement. Do people see Jesus on you? and on you 
You know, you think about that. As Paul wrote to the church of Galatia, he said, when you died, when you went to baptism and they put you under the water and you came back to life, it was symbolic of Jesus' death and resurrection. You died to your life and you came to life with Christ. So every day, what do you do? I put on Jesus. I put on Jesus and live with him. So each day we can put on Christ. Our identity with Jesus and how we live. So what would it look like for that to happen? What does it look like to put Jesus on each day? How can people see him? How does he shine forth from you? How do you uh, live different? How do you stand out in the right way? Lots of people want to stand out. Jesus stood out because he was incredibly or, or ordinary. <laughs> and you go, wait, there's nothing ordinary about Jesus. Oh, yes, there is. You know, Isaiah says, no one would look at him and know that he was who he is. He didn't stand out in the crowd. Why he stood out is because he did things that were different than how everybody else saw the world. Everybody here worried about where they were getting their next meal or how to get ahead, and Jesus talked about the kingdom of God. Jesus came and said, I don't live my life, I give my life away. Jesus said, anybody can invite friends over for a meal because you know one day you'll get paid back. I tell you, invite the people that nobody invites over. Have you done that this week? I know, that falls in the category of strongly suggested but not mandatory. Isn't it interesting how we categorize Jesus' life? Like, that doesn't apply to me today. One day I'll get around to that. You know what Paul says? Today might be the day. Put on the clothes of Jesus. Put on Jesus today. And have compassion on people that no one else does. Find people who are hiding out in the trees <laughs> like Zacchaeus or waiting by wells like the woman at the well. Find fishermen like Andrew and James and John and Peter and turn them into fishers of men. What does it look like to put on Jesus for you? What would that look like in your life this week? How would others notice? Would they see him in you? It's a great question. We can put on Jesus every day. Um, whatever that looks like for you. It may start with a devotion time. It may start with reflection you've never done. It may start with reprioritizing your life. It may say, I will intentionally do one thing today for Jesus so people see Jesus. Whatever that is, that's a great question to ask. All right, here's the last one out of this passage in Galatians. And it says that we are one in Jesus. When we become in Christ, we reject the things that make us different and we thrive on and live in the things that we are alike. Listen to what it says here. For there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for all. You are all one in Christ Jesus. In Christ, does he see your differences? 
Or does he see what binds you together? He sees what binds you together. He sees his life in you. This world tends to thrive on our differences, doesn't it? It tends to point out everything that divides us. But as believers in Christ, we thrive on what makes us more important. It's why it's, it's so critical at this time in our country and in our nation, um, after the pandemic and everything, where everybody was separated, everybody was isolated, everybody's in their homes, everybody's doing their own things. We need to hear again, you live for something bigger than you. The gospel of Jesus Christ has no boundaries, has no restrictions, has no limitations. Proclaiming the good news of who Jesus is doesn't cause division. Well, other than what your personal division, where you go, do I want to believe this or not? Right? It's interesting. What divides us is not as important as what unifies us and brings us together. It's not about our nationality, Jew or Gentile. It's not about our station or condition in life or our economic status, slave or free. Right? It's not about um, if we're male or female. Each day we're challenged to focus on how we're brought together in Jesus, not how the world shows that we are different. And it's bled into everything. That's why every week, one of the things we, we really emphasize here is, you know, pray for other churches. Pray for other people to be successful. We, we've turned the gospel and church into, I want to go to that church because it's the cool church. It's the it church. It's the growing church. It's the better church. It has five campuses church. Does that really make it better? I thought we got into this for Jesus. Or did we forget? We're so afraid of not being enough that we quit being who we are. Think about that. Are you so afraid of not being enough that you quit being who you are? Jesus says, I'm always enough. No one threatens you. No one makes you move off of who you are. In me. So when you live that kind of life, you're dangerous. <laughs> and you're like, what are you talking about? Because I'm dangerous when what someone says or what someone do does has no effect on me. Because I know who I am in Christ. That kind of person, what, changes the world. That kind of person makes a difference. That kind of person lives for others. <laughs> in spite of them not wanting to give back. That kind of person can serve those who most need it. That kind of person looks at Pontius Pilate and says, you don't have authority to kill me. Only my father does. And if it wasn't granted to you, you wouldn't be in this position. Why Pilate stands screaming, don't you know what I can do to you? And Jesus thinks, hmm, 
It's interesting. No, don't think so. I think I'm good. You don't intimidate me. You don't control me. And you surely don't rule over me. As we journey through Lent with Jesus, there's so much to learn about his life in these days. And Paul says, as an extension of that, as believers in Christ, we live in this thing called the church. And what happens is we get changed because of who we are in Jesus. You get to live as somebody who's one in Jesus. And that ought to change how you live. This week, when someone tries to put pressure on you, remember who Jesus is. When someone tries to dictate your schedule or your time, remember who's in control. When someone tries to define you or put you in a category, could you please remember who you are in Jesus? And what will happen is fear and anxiety and stress leaves. Who you are stays in Jesus. This is how we were meant to live. This is why Jesus can go into the wilderness and rebuke Satan because his temptations will not win. It's how we overcome sin. It's how we live content. It's how we live at peace. It's how we help and serve others. It's how we proclaim Christ. We are one together. Amen. Yeah, it's an amazing thing, isn't it? We make it sound so generic, like, oh yeah, the pastor's getting up talking about unity again. Like it's just a thing. It's profound. And it changes how we live. See, we are one in Christ. And there's no dividing barrier. Nothing makes you other than everything includes you when you come to Christ. Think about that. Nothing sets you out. Nothing pushes you to the edge. Nothing marginalizes you. Everything includes you in Jesus. Live that way. Live that way this week. Here's the question I wrote. How do we live focusing on togetherness in Jesus than rather than what separates us? This week, when you feel that tension, when you feel that pull, live together in Christ.